Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I'm your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine Weil Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine? I'm great. And it's the afternoon. The sun is out. We're just hanging. We're trying to do something different for this episode, a little off the cuff. It's kind of fun for us. Yes, we're taping this at 3 in the afternoon after we just flew cross cross country with three kids back from Virginia. We're back from vacation, here to have happy hour. Yeah. Talk all about it. We need to keep this uh, this vacation vibe going for a few more hours, just to tonight. I want to do nothing. I I really want to do nothing right now, but we got to survive four more hours to get these kids to bed. But I just want to have happy hour. I just wanted to like sit on the, you know, on the couch and drink rosé. Well, uh, not unlike our other episodes, I was asleep before you came back. I fell asleep on the couch with them playing Jeez. while you went to the store to get some essentials. So we're drinking rosé. We're going to catch up on our trip. And I'm going to pepper you with some happy hour questions. That's a podcast episode for today. So what are we drinking this afternoon? We are drinking some delicious rosé that's perfect for happy hour this is the Mary Taylor, a Jenny. It's in IGP in Southwest France. And this is vintage 2021. So it's the Agenai Rosé from Mary Taylor, vintage 2021. And this wine came to us because it's the happy hour wine going on at Esther's right now. It's the happy hour wine right now. That was kind of like, we need to have some happy hour wines in the fridge. Everyone should have happy hour wines in the fridge. I don't know if that's, you call that Tuesday night, you call that happy hour, but you need something that you can pop and pour when you're not stressed about the nuances of the wine, you're not stressed about the price of the wine, and you just want something refreshing for three o'clock. You drink it all tonight, you could drink it over a couple days. Yeah, exactly. You just don't really care, right? It's just like whatever. Right, but you care enough, there's still some standards there. Okay, that, that's yeah, a good point. No, it's not soil. But you're not in this to explore too much. You just want to chill. First of all, this is definitely not swill. This is delicious. Yeah, it is really good. It's really refreshing. It's perfect for happy hour. Yeah. I think Randall brought this on maybe. He did. Great choice, Randall. I love the color. Well, I feel like that's a kind of a banger. It's a super, super light peachy, almost what they would call ballet slipper pink or grease. You would not guess that this is made from Cabernet Sauvignon and Cabernet Franc. Nope, based Never. on the color, but it's just a direct press. And so there's barely any contact with the skins, but you do get that little pepperiness from the Cab Franc. Like it's interesting. It has some something interesting going on on the palate, but it's light and crisp, which is what you want from a rosé at this hour. Like a wine that's farm sustainably or, or or thoughtfully and is also delicious and is affordable those are the three things banger that's it <laughs> i mean yeah holy grail of wine S- yeah should i get into this and just tell you right now yeah just tell us what the wine is we're gonna reverse the order all right let's yeah. we're just going freestyle here let's people. Do it. Yeah. so mary taylor is cool she's a younger woman who is trying to make the wines of Europe more accessible for American palates or really anybody. But all her wines, she works with specific winemakers and farmers. She doesn't do that herself, but they're all bottled under her name. So this one is called Agenas. It's celebrating the region that is Agenas, which is in southwest France. It's then the Lot et Garonne, 
which is in and around La Plume, which is south of the Garonne, so south of Bordeaux. And it's a tiny medieval town. So that would be like southwest Southwest France. France. And she always names, what I love is she names on the bottle who it's farmed by, who it's made by. So this is made by Christophe Avi. And he used to sell his wines to the co-op, but now he wants to produce wines with more thoughtful farming. He's passionate about biodynamics, not certified, but he he is HVE3, which in France means that it their levels of sustainability and HVE3 is organic. But he has tons of biodynamic practices. And this is farmed by him. This is made by him. 80% Cabernet Sauvignon, 20% Cabernet Franc. Minimal intervention, native yeast, obviously a direct press because it's getting almost no color. Just super light, refreshing. And also, I was reading about in the two minutes that I will read for a happy hour wine, <laughs> that Christophe Avi also loves cooking and rescuing cats. So it sounds like a really good person. And I love that she is branding these wines, but she's still putting who makes the wine and where it's from on the label. That's still the focus. And this is incredible value, which is why it's a happy hour wine, which is what we always look for at Esther's. So yeah, bang for your buck, well-farmed, tasty. I mean, it's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect wine, especially when you fly cross-country with three kids and just want to have something refreshing. Yeah. That, this is perfect. Probably pair with all of the things that we had today. Cool Ranch Doritos. Uh, Ice-cold pe- pizza. Peanut butter and honey. Pretzels. <laughs> uh, Lara bars. A couple of those like... Bis- biscottis. <laughs> Bis- Amer- is that a biscotti? Uh, a biscoff. Or- I think it's called biscoff. <laughs> Compliments of American Airlines. Who, who came up with that name? I don't know. It's like, don't compare me with a biscotti. I'm a biscoff. <laughs> oh, biscoff. Whatever. Ginger ale. I mean, we've had a really good diet today. No. So My stomach is excited <laughs> to come back to some sort of daily rituals and habits because you know, we talked about it off air, but like this last week is was a, an amazing week. Super fun, but also felt like an opportunity for you and I, or especially for me, to be like a, do a binge week just like not caring about what i ate not caring about what i drank just doing whatever i wanted to do and now i'm older now so my runway for that is not as long and now it's like body's like hey sludge inside (laughs) come back come back to me so but you say it pairs well with all the all the food that we have but what what are are like two or three other good parable items for this i mean definitely bring this out with a cheese plate and have some goat cheese with it because it's got all that kind of like yummy pepperiness from the cabernet franc I would do what your sister made, that really yummy appetizer that she made at the River House. And she made it last year, too, with hummus and feta and black olives and just like and pita chips. That was like sort of a Mediterranean smorgasbord. This would be so good with that. I think olives and feta, you know, would be great. And then just crudite, you know, something just light, crunchy. Perfect. My body would kill for a piece of celery crudite, right now. yeah. A carrot. Sure, we have some wilted in the fridge. <laughs> Where can we tell people to get this wine? Obviously, you can get it at Esther's come Happy to Hour. Happy Hour. Just come hang Esther's. with us. We'll be at Happy Hour every day. I this love week. our Happy Hour. I mean, I wish we were at Happy Hour every day, like just sitting out there. But um, we just need some lounge chairs, you know, like sit, just park them right in the middle of the patio, just chilling. I guess I would say, say the name of the region again. And is that 
it's, pa- it's part of the affordability of this wine is because this region is... It's an IGP, so it's a broader region, which is called a genus, A-G-E-N-A-I-S. I had not heard of this. It's around La Plume. It's southwest France. There's a lot of regions down there, IGPs, that... I just don't know. And I think it is a, l- a little bit newer. It was just founded in 2011. But that's one reason that she, Mary Taylor, is great because she goes to these regions that aren't well known, as well known, but she's known and she packages them in a way and selects, you know, works with the growers and the producers to produce a wine that's so friendly and approachable and really makes that region shine. So I think that's... It's that's special. Who brings us wine in in California? Mm, no, that's kind of a hot topic. It's changing right now, Whoa. so I'm not sure Let's I should break the touch drama. On okay, that. we won't say it. We won't say it. I believe it's Springboard now. Okay, I, I don't need to get into the drama. I just want to drink the wine. I don't know if it's drama. I just you know when any time something switches, you just wonder if it's drama, but you don't know. How do I know? I'm not in it. No. Nobody tells me anything. They really don't. You are you are not into gossip. That's one thing I'll say about you. I, I'm not. I don't care. And also, everyone knows I don't care, so they don't tell me anything. That's correct. <laughs> well, if you're telling us that this wine can be had at Esther's for happy hour, go and find some wines from this region if you're yep. not able to come to Esther's. Yeah. And still rosé season. I mean, we're still in Very the throes of, much. Of, of heat in the United States. Summer. Get thee to happy hour. So, and you've said before, maybe rosé was kind of a little lackluster earlier in the summer, but it's coming back. Full force. Let's when do it. it's hot, people, they want it. This is perfect. Yeah. Okay, so now I want to get into some uh, quick happy hour questions before we kind of brief debrief on our vacation, which everyone needs to hear about. A couple weeks ago, and this is related to happy hour, a couple weeks ago, you asked your staff about some questions that they wanted to ask. They were It could be anonymous or whatever. Sure. The one question that stuck out to me, we've answered a lot of the questions on various podcasts, but it was uh, around the, the idea of, does natural wine not give you hangovers? Yeah. And our neighbors have asked this too. I love this. I think, I think people actually want to know this question. Topic. People want to know this. Okay. So I have two answers. One, natural wine, wine made without a lot of stuff put in it, obviously is going to be less hangover inducing because there's less other stuff in your body that you're ingesting. There's so many other chemicals that can be added to wine. When I go to a just regular old bar and have a glass of Malbec, I feel pretty bad the next day because it probably wasn't well farmed. There was a lot of other stuff in that wine to make it taste good. And it was probably so cheap and made to taste okay by all the chemicals in it. Yeah, I feel bad. I have that hangover. So natural wine ideally, is just grapes, right, that have fermented into wine. Maybe a little bit of SO2, a little bit of sulfur. Not a lot. It's minimal interventions. There's less stuff in it. So yeah, I do think that there's less of a chance of a hangover because you're not just getting a hangover from the wine itself or the alcohol. You could be getting the hangover from all this other residual stuff in your body. For me, same thing. Like if I eat a whole ice cream sundae right before I go to bed, I'm going to have a sugar hangover. You know what I mean? That's what we were just talking about with our our diet on vacation. So natural wine, yes. The other thing I think about natural wine or better put living wine, 
wine that isn't so conventional that when you put your nose in the glass, you're like, huh, what's going on here? What's happening? Something different. Maybe it causes you to stop a second, pay more attention, slow down, maybe drink that wine slower, maybe even drink a little bit less because you're just kind of like paying attention to what you're drinking. That's the secondary theory. I would call that pie in the sky thinking. Yeah, well, (laughs) I'm an idealist. You are. (laughs) But the first one really sits. You just got less stuff to get clogged up in your body. It's a theme that we have on the podcast. Know what you're putting in your body. So there there you you go. go. Jinx. So that's the first question we have. We'll have more questions coming that our next happy hour. Where I'll just ask you questions that I have about wine, having had hundreds of bottles of wine with you over the years and things that just kind of pop into my brain. But this is happy hour. Moving on quickly. We're recapping our trip to Virginia. We just got back today, maybe three hours ago. I said, we got to do the podcast. We got to put these memories in the bank. And I will say, doing this reverse order, best flight we've ever had with the three kids. For sure. Yep. Absolutely. And that's the only reason why we're doing this right now. The flight home was great. I know. I'm pinching myself. I can't, well, you should can't be pinching yourself. I can't even believe it. People need to know about the trip that you had oh, for this flight because my. so we have five people in the family. We had a different configuration on, on the way out. Really rolling the dice here with this configuration, the seating arrangement. So, yes, yeah, so the seating arrangement is we have three people in one row and then two people in the row in front. But I decided to buy a window and an aisle in the off chance that no one wants to take the middle seat, a stranger. On both flights, they were full. So we had strangers in both middle seats. And I didn't want to move anyone. So we had (laughs) – my my sisters were laughing at me about this. But we have one adult and one kid, one adult in the aisle aisle seat, one kid in the window, and a stranger in the middle (laughs) – that poor person. But, but that person, you know what? That's what you get for getting a late seat and getting in the middle. So you got to deal with one of our kids. This trip happened to be our seven-year-old who just played on the iPad for the entire time. It was basically perfect. They, they did switch in the yeah, middle. Yeah, halfway through, I asked the gentleman if he would like to move to the window, and he said yes, and I'm sure was grateful for that moment. But it was fine. It would, there wasn't any. There wasn't a lot of crossing of snacks over him, or you know, handing over materials or talking, whatever. We were very respectful. That was more the first flight when I had the four-year-old. I was in the front seat on the a window or the aisle, and my four-year-old was in the a window, and I was passing snacks back and forth. No, I really over felt this bad for that girl. Ballet teacher. Oh man, I felt bad for her. Um, so we tried to tweak our our construct, and I had the two-year-old and the four-year-old. Two-year-old in the middle, four-year-old on the window, and they both napped. It was perfect. Awesome. It, it really was the first time I was like, maybe we're coming out of something where we might be able to travel. Yeah. It was a big deal. Got home, decompressed, having happy hour podcast now, and just sort of celebrating what is the end of a great, uh, a fun vacation. There's still a lot of work, still a lot of parenting happening. Shout out to my sister, Lindsay. My youngest sister, Lori, is fully inundated with her own life. She has two twins that are under one year old. That's just, that's a full-time job. And a three-year-old. And she works full-time. It's like, wow. So it was great to see her. My middle sister, Lindsay, who is an avid listener of the show, really stepped up and helped us. You and I got a couple dates. Thank you, Lindsay. A couple, couple walks, things that we wanted to have, we got to achieve. I played some golf. You got a massage. I mean, it was in my hometown. We still haven't had an actual vacation outside of one of our hometowns and really since the pandemic um, or with kids, but it was a step in the right direction. Absolutely. 
Yeah. And it makes me realize, and we talk about this a lot with our friends who have families in Southern California helping them. It's nice to have a little family help. <laughs> For me, it was great to get back home. I haven't seen my dad since February. My kids haven't seen their grandfather since, since last year. Yeah. So that was fun. It was fun to have all the cousins together. And last year, you know, was a traumatic, traumatic trip back to the East Coast. This year, and a lot of it has to do with the flights. The flights are really tough. And the first flight was not easy. The second flight gave me a lot of hope. And I'm probably buoyant because the flight was so good today. This year, yes. Yeah, this year. Yes. So a lot of things were, uh, the weather was pretty good by and large. Didn't have a lot of Virginia humidity in August until like the tail end. We it's also, nice to be home. Yeah, and, but we also had our own space this time. So it felt like, uh, but just for me personally, I don't feel like I'm encringing on someone else's you know moment to have like a little peace of mind during the week we're staying a long time so it's nice to have a little bit of space so much of so much of it is just learning how we travel what helps us to make the experience the best and we realize yeah it'd be great to stay with our parents but i think it causes too much stress we, we are know. just we, we're just we, tornadoes you yeah, know we are we have a, we have little kids that are loud and big and wild and like they're wonderful in doses. We had plenty of wine. We did. Plenty of cocktails, you know, plenty of Cool Ranch Doritos. It was just a fun week to be back. I think my parents my parents are still so into being uh, doers and, 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 and uh, want to be active. And I think, like, even our energy might have broken them. <laughs> <laughs> we went to we went to uh we went to the river Potomac River on Saturday, and my parents wanted to host and do a lot of great things for all, all you know the whole family. But it wore them down. I could we could see how tired they are. I saw my mom after the you know the you know the dinner, and she was basically just catatonic on the couch, being like, "I'm not, I can't move." And so it's a product of them being a little bit older, but also just realizing it's easy to talk about these kids at these ages. When you're not there every day, but once you get into the, you know, the whirlwind, it's it's a lot. And it's just your whole family coming together for a week is just going to be a lot. It's a lot of different people. Everyone wants to do something different. A lot of energy. That's just nuts. And our life, we keep kind of simple. We do a park in the morning. We eat lunch. We chill. We do a park in the afternoon or pool. We eat dinner. We go to bed. So <laughs> now we're doing happy hour and <laughs> now, rosé. Yeah, we're changing it up. But it was great to get. You know, we, we always talk about this. It's great to get out of L.A. I've been on the picket lines. It'll be hundred days when this podcast releases for the Writers Guild striking. Haven't been on vacation during any of that time this summer. So it was nice to just sort of relax. Yeah, we went away for two days, but... We did go to Oxnard, that's correct. Mm -hmm. But I guess just saying, getting out of California in general, just yeah. getting out of... I think getting out of your house, e even when I went to routine... Even when I went to Oxnard, I came back right. to coach basketball. So it wasn't like I no, fully got away. like really stepping out of your routine and out of your house. For me, when I walk in my house, I just see a million things to do, you know? And so when I'm not here, there's just more space inside my head. And more space for other things. Yeah, there's been a lot of articles. I think there was an article recently in the New Yorker, maybe the New York Times, talking about travel, the values of travel, whether it's overrated for some. And that's an interesting conversation we should have at another date. But I know for us, you know, and we don't travel that much, but I feel like it feel, it's necessary for us to kind of just 
get out and sort of get out of what your routine is. Because well, so much of our life is routine. We keep it simple, but it's always in routine. Sort of break that up, you know, with... Uh, yeah, with, well, maybe if you're a serial traveler, it's a different story. But if you travel, like, s- just a handful of times, yeah. it's a it's different. Big win for us today. Yeah. Cross-country flight, direct, and it went pretty well. It went so well for everyone, but, like, I really got the prize today. You read a, almost I a whole book. kind of finished my book. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Uh, it was a real joy. And I didn't, I didn't, I probably had time to, to maybe read, but I would just, I'm like a lifeguard on the plane. I don't want a neighbor giving me the stink eye. I don't want, you know, a kid to jump and kick someone's chair in an inappropriate way. So, yes, I could have maybe read something, but I would just stood there like um, a bee feeder or something. <laughs> just like eyes straight ahead, like using peripheral vision. Like, don't even think about it. Don't even think about it. I looked back at you and you just had your hands up. You were looking down like ready. <laughs> I was ready. Ready to like stop someone. You slap a foot. Get out of here. But anyway, thanks to everyone uh, who hung out with me and and Catherine in Fredericksburg, Virginia. This had some great you know meetings additionally as well. Love coming back to the city. That's one of my inspirations for the week will be just coming back home. It's always nice to come back home. Should we do inspirations? Let's do it. It's an ode to Fredericksburg, which is great. We have to do so many things. Went to a baseball game, played golf, got a haircut, saw some friends, did happy hour, blah, blah, blah. That's my inspiration. Just the art of life. That's really fun. The sort of technical aspect of life, I probably said it before. I'm going to say it again. TSA pre-check. Oh, yeah, baby. Why are people not doing TSA pre-check? Why are people not doing global entry? The lines at the airports are egregious if you're not doing TSA pre-check. I no don't sense. understand it. makes no sense. I mean, we love it. <laughs> I don't really know what else to say. It's like if you're a listener out there and you don't have TSA pre-check, please use this as the siren song to go out. I'm pulling my mic closer. I'm gripping it tight. <laughs> I'm saying if, if you have... means something to if me. If you have debated getting TSA pre-check or global entry, take the time to do it. It is the best... I don't even know what, the, what it costs. $500? I have no idea. Whatever I spent, it was worth it. So much easier to travel with TSA PreCheck. That's my inspiration of the week. Catherine, what do you got? Well, I have the same thing of that city feel and just being away from home, inspired by so much. I love being so close to downtown and walking to the Agora Coffee Shop. That's so fun. Caroline Street downtown is just like, just a great place to hang out. I really loved walking out of the Airbnb or the guest house and seeing the Rappahannock right there. The giant trees, the river flowing. I went out early in the morning and just like fully enjoyed being in nature. That's really special to me. I don't get that so much. We live in a very manicured little (laughs) complex that's beautiful, but it's not nature in that same sense. And these big, grand trees. We also went to visit some friends, multiple locations where we're just seeing big, giant trees. Your parents' river house, like right on the river and the giant sky and just watching that sky. For me, I know that's so simple, but being in nature and closer to trees and sky is good for my heart. We got to get more of that. I need more of that. All right, we'll do it. 
Yeah, Sepulveda is um, <laughs> overrated. Oh no! I I love the city. There's so many things There's I love about it. There's a few birds of paradise hanging outside our house. I'm saying we do have a very well manicured complex. Yeah, it's very well manicured. It's just not wild nature. I mean the the number of different birds that I heard was incredible. Give me the the sounds of a couple of the birds that you heard. Okay, and that was. <laughs> And wow. then and then all the wow. bugs. The bugs are so loud too. They're just buzzing. I'm sure maybe people who live in the country get sick of it, but I was like loving it. Every time you walk outside, it's like you're listening to an orchestra. Not yes. the not the wave of the no, Toyotas the, 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 coming down. The zoom. The endless drone of traffic. Great week back in Virginia. Great happy hour with you. I hope that you are listening during happy hour, enjoying an affordable rosé wherever you are. We'll post pictures of this wine on Instagram. Maybe we'll post a picture or two of our trip just to show you what we've been up to. And thanks to everyone for continuing to listen to the show. That's it. That's it for episode 112 of The Long Finish. Episode 112 is in the books. I know there's some new listeners out there. If you have a chance to rate, review, and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts, that would mean a lot to us. Catherine, where can they find you and the Long Finish on social media? You can find me on Instagram at Catherine Wild Coker, and you can find the Long Finish there too at the Long Finish. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tug Coker. Should be out with some more episodes in August. Got some fun ideas planned for late August into the fall, so stay tuned for that. Hope to have some great new guests. But until then, everybody, go out there and have a great week. Be happy, be healthy, and happy drinking. Ciao.